Go for it. Yes, it is I, your humble host, Bill Hatch, the third, coming to you live from the Palatial Home Studios of Bob Spock Productions here in the beautiful city of Santa Ana, California, for yet another episode of YWL Online's Anything Can Happen Saturday. Joining me as per the usual in studio is my friend, my brother in Christ, the disembodied voice of Rudy. Hi, everybody. I love you all. Waka, waka, waka with the Lord. And joining us from a more than acceptable safe social distance through the miracle of telephony is my father, Chaplain Bill Hatch. How you doing, Pop? Doing very well. Good evening, my fellow Bible inquisitors. Hope everything's going well for me here in Poplar Bluff. It is fine. <laughs> fine and dandy like sugar candy. And, uh, yep, uh... I like the lighting. Uh, it looks like you uh, that uh, that we're getting from recording uh, at this time now. Uh, um, looks nice on you. Oh well, thank you. But uh, got got some natural lighting coming out th- coming in through the window. Do you? I do indeed have have that occasion. I said good evening. It's really not evening. Sorry, but yeah, we record when we can record, <laughs> and you'll yeah, exactly. like it. <laughs> Oh, so uh, we've got uh, we've got the second half of Second uh, Corinthians five to get through. Maybe a little bit more than a half. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't check. But um, we're gonna get through it today. That's for sure. So we got a lot to do. But first, we've got time for some Rudy news. I like to bring up today is blessings. Sometimes it takes a while. Don't give up because God has blessed me. And uh, I was going through days, and I, but I still get those days that you know you think like yo, God doesn't really want to help you or something. But it does, it, but we should never put God on certain things because life is life. You're you're like a kid. Your parents let you out in the backyard. You do what you do, and if you're gonna ride a bike and crash into a rock, you're going to crash into a rock. Don't say, God, why was the rock there? So please remember, a lot of those things are us and blessings. God brings them in time. Just for me working at the hospital, that was a blessing because then they gave me retirement. So there's things that happened that really helped me that God blessed me. So I love you all. Waka, waka, waka with the Lord. Yep. Don't let life get you down. Yep. Yeah. And as the old saying goes, uh, if life gives you lemons, make lemonade. And that's a pretty good analogy. No, if life gives you lemons, make lemon meringue pie. Oops, that's not good. True enough. I like it better than lemonade. <laughs> Hard to get the meringue out of that, though. No, no. But if you uh, if you say enough lousy jokes, people will throw eggs at you. <laughs> I'm not but at I the price those eggs are around these parts. <laughs> I mean, a year ago, we were getting eggs for 74 cents a dozen. Wow. Now we can't look at them, but for three, three and a quarter or so. Yeah. So it's just uh, the way of it. That's what we're paying. Yeah, that's just ridiculous. Tis, it is. All right, so 
last time we met, dear fellow inquisitors, uh, we left off with 1 Corinthians, sorry, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7, which reads, for we walk by reminded of all the time we do have to faith can't see jesus we have to believe everything he the son of god went through for our sakes mm -hmm. but there we are just to get warmed up a little bit we walk by faith faith is what makes us truly set apart our faith in what has gone before and is was written about as being true long before that. that so we're true. at verse eight now. We are at verse Paul eight now. Paul says, we are confident and we would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. This was not a suicidal statement, folks. Nope. I promise. I mean, it certainly could look like it. And when we're down and depressed, it's like, yeah, I would rather be at home with the Lord and keep going to all this, but that's not what it means. So make sure we don't get Paul at this particular instance is not going through any depression. Yeah. I firmly believe that. There are other times in his writings where we know he was depressed and rightly so. I mean, mm -hmm. Some of the trials that he went through, which are later on listed later on in Second Corinthians, you know, are mind-boggling. And to say, how could he go through with all those things and not be depressed? Uh, he was, yeah, but not right here. No, uh, um, no, I. But have, he is stating, yeah. I have go in ahead. my translation in the Amplified. Uh, we are, as I was saying, of good courage and confident hope. And uh, so he's starting it out just like, hey, just so you know, I'm not saying this out of uh, out of sorrow or depression or or uh, or melancholy or, or whatever you want to say. Um, but all in all, I'd probably rather be in Philadelphia. A <laughs> uh, little little sidestep on that rabbit trail <laughs> because you said. All in all, I'd rather be in Philadelphia. That was the uh, TV actor and movie actor, comedian, W.C. Fields. Yeah. Uh, who was originally from Philadelphia. And while in life, he always detested children uh, or stated that he detested and hated children, probably because he hated the way he grew up. Uh <laughs> He left a million dollars to an orphanage in Philadelphia yeah. in his will, <laughs> which is ironic, uh, you know, in, in true sense. Yeah. But sorry, that rabbit trail was brought incited by Bill the Third. Uh, oh. All right. Do you have anything else um, on verse eight, Bill? Let's see. Yeah, this is uh, related to uh, Philippians uh, 123. Um, in uh, except that that uh, uh, here he doesn't uh, he doesn't uh, say he desires not to depart but to be quit of the body without the necessity of death. Um, and of course Philippians one twenty three and twenty four. But I am hard pressed between the two, 
I have the desire to leave this world and be with Christ, and that is far, far better. Yet to remain in my body is more necessary and essential for your sake. So this is a, a, a common theme for uh, uh, for Paul, um, that he uh, he would much, and who wouldn't rather be in heaven than be on earth, but uh, but we've got a job to do. And, uh, um, yeah. You know, and so we'll we'll go in our own good time, maybe uh, through death, maybe uh, through the second coming. Um, actually, there was some there was some part uh, that I was looking at uh, the other day of Paul's writings where it definitely sounded like he didn't want to die, but he wanted to be changed. Oh yeah, that's that's where it was in the in the <laughs> we will not all sleep and but we will all be changed. Um, where it really makes it sound like, hey, you know what? If I had my way, I'd be here alive when the Lord comes again. And he was hoping that it would be soon, and he was asking the Lord to come soon. Yep, for sure. Without just coming out and saying, Jesus, get down here. <laughs> uh, but he was definitely hoping for it. And we all should be ready for it 2,000 years later, mm -hmm. because it has not happened yet. If it had already happened, we'd all be somewhere else and it wouldn't be good no. but paul was indeed ready for the lord to come at any minute and yep. he wanted it that way he had his bags yeah. packed <laughs> so to speak yeah he certainly had his spiritual bags packed as we all should okay Okay, so on to verse 9. Therefore, therefore, whether we are at home on earth or away from home and with him, it is our constant ambition to be pleasing to him. Um, got some interesting language uh, notes. Um, you know, the, uh, um, let's see, we strive earnestly. No, verse, yeah, that's verse 9. Um, we strive earnestly after. That's uh, that's from the King James. Um, but uh, um, the English word labor um, is uh, is quite inadequate. Uh, the Greek expressing the thought of striving as after some honor or prize. Um, the uh, um, let's see. According to the pulpit commentary, it's literally we are emulous. But uh, I had to look up emulous. Um, oh, good. <laughs> uh, emulous means characterized or prompted by a spirit of rivalry. As though, uh, um, and uh, MacArthur uh, seems to agree, um, but uh, goal is from the Greek word that means to love what is honorable. The term translated please is the same used as Titus 2.9. To describe slaves who were passionate to please their masters. Uh, Titus 2.9 okay. urged bond servants to be subject to their own masters and everything. To be pleasing and not talk back. Well, okay. And you bring up a couple questions and points for me. Uh, uh, emulous. Emulous. L-E-S-S at the end? M-U-L-O-U-S. Because when we emulate, we try to copy someone. 
So emulous would mean without copying. Right. Uh, but I looked at, no, not emulous, emulous. Um, emulous. Having, being in a state <laughs> of emulation. But, uh, um, but yeah, it's, uh, uh, yeah, characterized or prompted to... by a spirit of okay. rivalry. Now, the other thing that came up for me was your original reading of the sentence of the verse. Yeah, I know. I, is I, I different in mine. Okay. And and I think it changes the meaning a whole lot to be able to get that correct. Mine, mine reads, therefore, whether we are at home or away, mm -hmm. meaning whether <clears throat> I'm here in Poplar Bluff, like, we are usually reading or in other parts of the country away that level. Right. Uh, and I believe I heard you saying away from him in your translation. Yeah. Uh, which I feel are different entirely uh, because one just means earthly travel and the other one means outside of God's parameters, perhaps, or Jesus' parameters. Could be. we still want to be pleasing to him and your regular references and they're valid and good about you know corinth was the site not of the original olympic games but of uh, isthmian. the isthmus when someone won the race they were given a, uh, the prize was getting a, what do we call it? It's uh, uh, a wreath, I guess. Yeah. A wreath upon the head. Right, uh, a laurel. And a laurel, a laurel, yes. And there's really only one other time in Roman happenings that that took place. And that's when a Roman general mm -hmm. came back a conquering hero right. he was given such a laurel on top of his head yep. and therefore the runners at the games were achieving something that was otherwise beyond comprehension mm -hmm. uh, and I think perhaps they were treated that well for a day anyway yeah well, Whereas the Germans, of course, got even more of it. That's where we get our and term so, resting on our laurels, meaning the accomplishments uh, you've already reached. Already done. And so you'd see how that might be really a high honor that they were trying to attain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and so that Paul is great at using, uh, using uh, um, uh, sports metaphors and uh, images, uh, you know, especially in the Corinthian letters, because of those mm -hmm. names being so important to the city. Yep. But in all of those events, Paul wants to be pleasing to Jesus. Right. And that is what we all should work out on a daily basis. We want to be pleasing to him. Mm -hmm. Do you have anything else on nine? Nope. Then let's get into the real meat of uh, awareness for us today. Yes. Verse 10. 
for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each may be repaid. Then it goes on for what he has done in the body, whether good or bad. Now, do you have a few things on that one you'd like to talk I about, Bill? I do. <laughs> um, yeah, mm. as I've mentioned in the opening uh, for this one last uh, last time, uh, the Greek uh, bima, that's where where our judgment seat today is uh, is translated from, is a step. It mean, literally means a step. It's a raised area reached by steps used as the official seat of a judge, whether good or bad or inferior. Oh, oh, okay, sorry. And then uh, the um, the translation, uh, um, uh, let's see. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, for what has been done in the body, whether good or bad, uh, it could also be translated, instead of good or bad, could be good or inferior. Okay. So. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of material uh, that uh, that I'm gonna skip uh, skip through, uh, <laughs> but uh, um, uh, let's see here. Yeah, it's also it's also refers to the tribunal of the Roman magistrate, bima seat that is also used by a magistrate. Um, let's see. And it's where they, it's where, uh, it's where the victorious athletes, like you said, we're talking about, uh, went to receive their crowns. Um, it's used in the New Testament to refer to the place of judging is when Jesus stood before Pontius Pilate. But here the reference is definitely from the athletic analogy. Um, let's see. Um, this, this, this judgment does not include sins since their judgment took place at the cross. Uh, and the cross references Ephesians 1, 7. In him we have redemption, that is, our deliverance and salvation through his blood, which paid the penalty for our sin and resulted in the forgiveness and complete pardon of our sin in accordance with the riches of his grace. And uh, um, and then, of course, uh, as far as the Bema seat goes, the judgment, the judgment itself goes, we got Matthew 16, 27. For the Son of Man is going to come in the glory and majesty of his Father with his angels, and then he will repay each one in accordance with what he has done. Yep. So, uh, so kind of like, uh, like I'm working on some stuff for, uh, for, our, uh, um, for our presentation of the sinner's prayer. And uh, um, one of the things I'm looking at is the difference between what it takes to become a Christian and what it takes to be a Christian. And, uh, um, and this definitely uh, implies that being a Christian involves doing stuff. And, uh, and quite frankly, not that we're required to do stuff because we know that, uh, um, that the, the thief on the cross didn't do anything good. And yet he went to heaven. And so, uh, um, and so we know that, but James, of course, says faith without works is dead. And uh, um, because uh, if we truly love God, then we will want to do things to please him. 
And so the thief on the cross, no doubt, wanted to get down and do stuff uh, that, uh, that to serve Christ, but didn't have the opportunity. And uh, um, so we who have the opportunity should certainly take it. Yes, I agree. And the fact that we will be rewarded at this judgment seed of Christ is very, very important to realize that we do have things that we're supposed to be getting rewarded for, but are we trying to do them? Uh, good deeds is indeed an important voluntary thing that we should want to be doing for Jesus, because we should be wanting to get other folks to come with us. This isn't to share a burden to get other people with us. It's to get them to be able to share the joy of heaven. Yeah. And, you know, I can't imagine what kind of rewards we're talking about here. Uh, but also, if we have done evils, we have to get those corrected, too. Even though, as Bill said, our sins are taken care of at the cross it's still the point of maybe we go through a review time of if you hadn't done that you wouldn't you would have gotten these things i don't know how it's going to go right. but i trust it in my study bible i don't think i now it's too small it's to try to work my camera on it <laughs> but it's a picture of the bima Oh, okay. uh, or at least what's left of it in Corinth. And Paul was always good at being able to use local mm -hmm. things to describe for the people so they better understand it. Yeah. And yeah, this thing, you know, which is about all that still stands, you know, which I'd say it's a good 50 to 100 feet wide on this small wow. picture. And it's big blocks of stone this way. And then what's still left is maybe the next layer on top of that of mm -hmm. small, smaller stones. And so it was a raised point to where everyone else could see. Uh, what is interesting is we've discussed before in other places that God judges us on our things not letting others know it nor us knowing other people's uh it's it's a very individual point but jesus it probably did stand on one of these in jerusalem it sort of explains how pontius pilate would come out to jesus to this bema type structure uh, and the Jews would not actually go indoors with Pontius Pilate because it was their high holy day and they would be not able to take Passover, so they wouldn't do it. Uh, but still, you know, we will appear before Jesus. And whether he makes us, you know, rewind several things from uh, before we have accepted Jesus, or if it's only those things that have happened in our lives after we have seen Jesus is yet to be seen. Right. We will and know we, when we're there. 
<laughs> yes, but know that it's not the judgment, even though it's called the judgment seat, I don't see how it can be the judgment since our sins are all canceled at the cross. Right. Right. It, it's, it's it's a difficult understanding. Yeah, it's it's I think it's a limitation of translation, really, um, because, uh, um, you know, it's like, what else do you call the Bema seat? We don't have really a modern term for what the Bema seat was. Um, I mean, you say the judge's bench, you know, <laughs> I guess, but uh, um, or the dais. But, uh, Perhaps we yeah. could equate it to the Supreme Court building itself yeah, uh, in Washington, D.C. as our highest level of judgment mm -hmm. uh, in the country. Right, right. Uh, um, of course, there is a world court after that, but I don't know how they're structured, so I'm yeah, not going there. don't normally go to the world court <laughs> for things. Mm -hmm. But... Uh, um, but yeah, um, yeah. So it's an it's an interesting uh, thing, and and I think the judgment is uh, is definitely a limitation of tra of uh, of the translation uh, yeah. of our language. But uh, but it's um, not something to be feared, folks. That's the point. Mm -hmm. Not to be feared. Right. Should we move on. We should move on. Why don't uh, you read? Uh, okay. You want it? Nope. You take it. Okay. Um, trying to decide which I should read it for them because there's interesting notes in the uh, in the King James, but uh, uh, verse 11 in the Amplified. Therefore, since we know the fear of the Lord and understand the importance of obedience and worship, we persuade people to be reconciled to him. But we are plainly known to God. He knows everything about us. And I hope that we are plainly known also in your consciences, your God-given discernment. That's now the powerful. reason I wanted I, I was considering using the King James is it says the terror of the Lord, which is a huge difference, and uh, um, found that it actually comes from the Geneva version of the Bible, which uh, was one of the most uh, historically significant translations of the Bible into English, and uh, was pre King James by about fifty years. Yes. Um, it was uh, the primary Bible used by uh, people like William Shakespeare, Oliver Cromwell, John Knox, John Donne, and uh, and others too numerous to uh, to see to uh, list. Um, I thought it was interesting that it was uh, Shakespeare's Bible. Yes, um, it was published in fifteen fifty seven. The New Testament was published in fifteen fifty seven, and the complete was in 1560. I have a copy. You do? And it is more difficult to read than the King James. <laughs> uh, yep. But I really feel that verse 11 has to be a part in following verse 10, which we just discussed. Yeah. Uh, in my translations, it's that we know the fear of the Lord. Well, <clears throat> the fear is, is that when we go to that seat, we want to be seen as indeed trying to lead others. So he finishes it in verse 11. Uh, we try to persuade people. Yeah. And that's referencing the kingdom of God and the love of Jesus. And the fact that it really is all true. Jesus died for us. 
all of us. Yeah. And so Paul, we should live for him. Paul is quite bold by saying that what uh, we are is plain to God. In other words, God knows we're trying. Uh, and I, of course, I can play with that and say, yeah, God knows I'm trying too, but he puts up with me anyway. Uh, right. <laughs> um, but Paul is also saying not only God, but he hopes that his listeners, his readers are persuaded and know that he is a Christian first, last, and everywhere in between. Yeah. Which is what all of us should be doing. It should not be I'm a Christian looking person and acting while I'm at church on Sundays, but it's seven days a week that I am trying to do Christ-like activities. Doesn't mean that we don't lose our tempers at times and do things that we shouldn't because right. we're not perfect. But the greatest thing I will hope for when I pass is that people will say, he was a Christian follower and believer, yeah. or just he was a Christian in action. I don't know. That'll be for somebody else to decide after I'm gone, not me. <laughs> I don't know. Some people have decided that before they've gone. You could, you could write your own eulogy. Oh, well, that's true. It's actually uh, an that's interesting a, exercise. That's, that's a topic for outside the studies on us. Do you have any <laughs> yeah. other boxes on 11 bills? Um, yeah, uh, the Greek word for persuade. Um, uh, therefore, uh, we, since we know the fear of the Lord, we persuade people uh, to be reconciled to him. Um, that persuade uh, actually <coughs> means some uh, to seek someone's favor, as in getting the other person to see you in a certain favorable or desired way. So not quite persuade, but... Uh, um, but uh, seeking someone's favor, or to see you, yeah, to okay. see you uh, in a certain favorable way, which I thought was noteworthy. It is. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's it. Okay, well, let me read 12 as well. We are not commending ourselves to you again, but giving you an opportunity to be proud of us so that you may have a reply for those who take pride in outward appearances rather than in the heart. Um, Paul is assuring the Corinthians at this point. And he wants to assure them to the point that they will be able to say, when they hear these contradictory uh, references to Paul, mm -hmm. the one you know from the naysayers who say that he's really only doing it all on his own, uh, that they're better than he is, and they sh should be followed instead of Paul's advice. So I think Paul here is giving that kind of argument saying this is to assure you that we haven't changed the message is what we gave you and it's true and that will help them to be able to stand firm as we've heard over and over again in scripture that we stand yeah. firm in the faith 
Do you have something on 12? Uh, no. Um, no, I think you said, uh, said it quite well. Okay. <clears throat> Would you take 13, please? My throat's giving me a problem here. Sure, no problem. If we are out of our mind, just unstable fanatics, as some critics say, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for your benefit. Um, and uh, I wrote a note of my own, actually. Uh, remember what Festus said to Paul in Acts 26, 24, and what they said of Jesus in Mark 3, 21. The King James uses the word sober instead of right or sound mind, like many other versions. Um, so, uh, uh, but uh, Acts 26, 24 is, while Paul was making this defense, Festus said loudly, Paul, you are out of your mind. Your great education is turning you toward madness. And Mark 3, 21, uh, when his own family heard this, they went to take custody of him. Jesus, that is, for they were saying he is out of his mind. So if somebody tells you you're crazy for believing in Jesus, you're in good company. And that says it all, really. I tell you, that's, that's, that was good. And verse 14 continues on with it, for the love of Christ compels us since we have reached this conclusion if one died for all then all died if they accept the way of jesus yes we gotta have that yeah because it goes on to verse 15 and he died for all meaning jesus died for all so that those who live should no longer live for themselves but for the one who died for them and was raised. The Christian example, mm -hmm. the basis of all things, of all of our faith. If Jesus did not rise again after being crucified dead, then he was just another good person with great ideas, by the way. Uh, other, you know, that others will say, well, we've had other good idea people and they've died and they haven't shown that they're the son of God. It's because they aren't. Jesus is. Um, I remember seeing an article once about another religious leader who died and it's somewhere in the Middle East, but actually I think it's further than the Middle East. Far Eastern, and this person died, and they put him under glass, literally. Wow. And for years and years and years, it could be seen, and it looked like he had never, was never decaying. I don't know if that's still true today or not, but, you know, it was like, see, this shows that he was such a good person. I'm not sure how. So I don't know what their <laughs> their embalming process might have been, but he hasn't come yeah. back. He hasn't stirred from that glass no. coffin because no. he's not the son of God and he's not religiously insightful after all. Not uh, not perfect enough. No. Not the son of God <laughs> for sure. No. Nope. 
But uh, um, yeah, there. Uh, you kind of well, I mean, you kind of had to connect fourteen and fifteen. But uh, um, back uh, in fourteen, I like the way that the amplified uses uh, for the love of Christ controls and compels us um, because it ties in back to the Greek for verse thirteen uh, for uh, um, if we are in our right mind. Uh, which uh, is, let's see, sophron, which is translated sober in the uh, in the King James, uh, but it literally means to save the mind and uh, is usually used um, to uh, to be moderate, sober-minded, and in complete control. And uh, so, uh, uh, so I like the the circle kind of that it ties uh, ties there, mm -hmm. and uh, which Paul's really good at tying things together that is. Okay. Yes, he is. Very good. And with verse 16, if we can go on. Sure. I think there's also some good clues in there. He, then we do not know, I wrote or see, mm -hmm. anyone from a worldly perspective. Even if we have known Christ from a worldly perspective, yet now we no longer know him in this way. Paul is addressing himself and any of his readers who may have seen Jesus on earth. Or even, I had the thought, not, even, not only the people who have seen Jesus here on earth, but those even today who think of him who have in a not. human way. As as ah. a human being, you know, it's like, oh yes, he was a great teacher, or uh, or something like that, or you know, just a really nice, really nice guy. You Good know, point. That's the that's the human point of view, and so Paul would have had that as well, um, even though he didn't see him until his conversion. Right, and he certainly didn't see him in a bodily form that we know about. Right. Uh, <laughs> we know there was a bright light that blinded him. But it's still the point that Paul is basically taking everybody to the new stage of understanding for Jesus. Mm -hmm. Yes, we have his earthly examples, and we should learn from them, certainly the teachings. But we should not think of him in that physical point. And I wrote off mm -hmm. to the side, Jesus no longer physically on earth. It is how it is with the spiritual relationship. Mm -hmm. And so we have these, and it's just like, wow. Uh, and it's a new creature for us to look at heavenly beings. Before Jesus ascended to heaven, there are only two people in the Bible who got to heaven or got to someplace special. Right. We can't really explain it for the two uh, from the Old Testament. Elijah and Enoch in Genesis, who did not see death. Where they went to, we don't totally understand, and there can be all sorts of discussion on that, but not today. Right. Uh, what we're doing is we're looking at the fact that it's now a spiritual realm that we should look at. And back up in verse 16, mm -hmm. we should not try to recognize anybody 
as just being an earthly being. Everyone has the potential of being a spiritual being mm -hmm. in heaven. Yeah. Now, I suppose we have to say they're spiritual people who go to hell. Yeah. But I just don't know how to fully address that point. Again, there are teachings in the Bible that make it, can really make us wonder. Uh, and it will be exciting to see and be in heaven to figure, to see how some of that is. I wonder if we'll even bother worrying or wondering about those when we get there, though. <laughs> it may be just such an overjoying point. We won't follow any of that. Yeah. Uh, but here we have the point that Paul's saying, look at people as being potential heavenly spirits with you or with us, because yeah. it's Paul saying. Uh, but we don't know Jesus any longer as a physical person on earth for only 33 years. We get to see him as the truly eternal person that he has been and always will be. Uh, do you have anything on 17, yeah. 18, uh, 17? Oh, 17 and 18? 16 or 17, 16 or 17. sorry. Okay. Um, yeah, on 17, um, uh, let's see, Ellicott says, we may trace an echo of words of Isaiah's that may have floated in the apostles' memory. Remember not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I make new things. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. Yep. And it is all new. It is. With his ascension, it all became possible. With his death on the cross mm -hmm. and resurrection, it definitely became possible. Yep. All right. Uh, can I go on to 18 yes, or can you read 18, you 19? Want me to read 18 and 19? You can finish it out if you want to. I have notes, but. Yeah, I have notes too. Oh, do you? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Okay. Uh, let's see. But all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ, making us acceptable to him and gave us the ministry of reconciliation so that by our example we might bring others to him. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting people's sins against them, but canceling them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation, that is, restoration to favor with God. I'm glad the translation remained reconciliation because that's what I have underlined yeah. for mine. Uh, it, you know, we're supposed to be able to continue the message, reconciling. That means bringing other people to Jesus. I mean, it's truly the work of the Holy Spirit. We know that. But the Holy Spirit has us representing Jesus to other people in our lives and they are being reconciled for that. And, you know, it's like, wow. Uh, I wrote down such actions, words, and deeds come in many ways, even giving a cup of cold water to someone in need. And that is also elsewhere in scriptures about just giving a cup of cold water in my name. And Paul's using it here very effectively. Um, 
and I have written down for verse 19, it's our responsibility to continue sharing Jesus. And we really need to be able to do that no matter who's in front of us at the time. And if they don't like it, they don't have to listen. But if it hits a nail at the right point in their lives, if you get to drive a point home to someone, you will have made a difference for them, an eternal difference for them. Yep, and uh, yeah, um, let's see, the uh, way the Greek is uh, with it, all these things, having the article there like that, uh, basically shows uh, that he's not talking about everything, about the universe. He's talking about the new things, the things belonging to the new creation, um, which he spoke of in, in 17. Um, mm -hmm. And... Uh, um, I found out that this is the first time Paul uses the word reconcile in, in time order, because this was written before mm. uh, Romans. Um, and, uh, okay. um, and of course, Romans uh, um, 5.10 says, uh, For if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God through the death of his Son, it is much more certain, having been reconciled, that we will be saved from the consequences of sin by his life. That is, we will be saved because Christ lives today. Because he lives. Yes. <laughs> now, did you read 20? No, I just read through 19. Good. Oh, oh this I know is, we uh, should. Um, this is where uh, 19 is where we uh, get uh, the title for, uh, for Dr. Barnett's title for the uh, for the chapter of imputation. Um, let's see, where'd it go? Uh, reconcile. Oh, I don't even see it in here. I don't know what translation he was using. But uh, um, the word for uh, imputing or reckoning, especially prominent in the epistle of this period, occurring through, though in varied shades of meaning, eight times in this epistle, and 19 times in the Romans. Um, wow. Yeah. But uh, um, but this is where where imputation is um, that uh, uh, that Jesus puts his selfless, his sinless and selfless uh, nature onto others, and uh, and we uh, we put our sinful nature onto him um, for uh, for sacrifice at the cross. And with verse 20, we get to have one more elevation that is pretty new to the scriptures. Because Paul is saying, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. Mm -hmm. Since God is making his appeal through us, uh, we plead on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. Yeah. He made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. But literally, Paul is declaring us to be ambassadors. He was telling his readers they were ambassadors. That's really a, an elevation of, of new heights for them. Right. And 
to know that ambassadors are still very important positions, whether male or female, it doesn't matter to me a bit. Uh, and so we can use that as an understanding way even now. It is a prestigious position. And Paul is saying that every reader, every believer is an ambassador level person for Christ. And so we should act that way. Truly above reproach in all matters, not being some of the bad ambassadors that we've seen over the ages. Uh, and I don't know for sure, but if Roman ambassadors had a large army with them or not. I don't know. Which would have, which would have incited a whole whole fear thing of mm -hmm. uh, earthly fear in people's minds. Right. Wow, I've got an army behind me. Well, we do yeah. have an army behind us, but we shouldn't rely on it like uh, perhaps Roman ambassadors might have back then. <laughs> yeah. It's the point that we have an army of fellow believers. If we are all doing our part, we would be invincible. Mm -hmm. And so we have that as a reference. Uh, um, do you have any more? I, any more? I do. I have some interesting stuff on uh, on it. Um, well, would you like to finish that up, sure. up for us? Uh, let's see. Earlier versions of the Bible, like the Geneva, which we mentioned earlier, the Tyndale and the Cranmer, um, use the word messengers instead of ambassadors. Um, and uh, um, found out that this is because um, the word, when those versions was uh, were created, the word ambassador wasn't used. Um, commonly. However, our old friend uh, Billy Shakes, uh, William Shakespeare, that is, uh, he uh, uh, popularized it by using it in his plays. I don't believe you said that. <laughs> oh. But no, uh, I, I found that interesting that uh, because he made the word popular in his plays, when the new, when the King James came out, by the time the King James came out, the word was in common use. And so, uh, and so they used it as the translation. Um, and, uh, um, yeah, and I thought it was, uh, um, thought it was interesting. Um, let's see. Oh, and the word, the Greek word is often translated as elder, um, which describes an older, more experienced man who serves as a representative of a king from one country to another. So an ambassador. Um, let's see. And then in 21, I, I made my own note. Um, the phrase has been misinterpreted badly by many, most recently by some in the word faith movement, to mean that Jesus became a sinner on the cross or something like this, which could not be further from the truth. Jesus did not become a sinner. He became sin. No. For us. He took the sin on himself. Yes. He did not sin. Right. There is a huge difference, and to say otherwise is uh, is is uh, well blasphemous, to be quite frank about it. Mm-hmm. No, you can stay being Bill. Yes. I don't want you as Frank. Don't want me to be Frank. Uh, yeah. 
any other? Um, let's see. To be sin uh, could be translated as a sin offering, but uh, got plenty of disagreement about uh, about that. That it's not a sin offering uh, changes the meaning as well, and uh, I didn't uh, mm -hmm. I didn't particularly like that. I'm unfamiliar with the idea of Jesus becoming a sin offering for us because he died with right. his blood on the cross. Right. So that one we could spend a lot of time and I don't think it would be relevant. No, I don't think so either. And since we have reached the end of our time or thereabouts <laughs> for today, I think. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know what time it is, but uh, I've got... I do want to quick. Oh, go ahead. I do want to quickly say that readers, listeners rather, you should go ahead and read verses one and two of chapter six. This is again one of those rare times when I think verses one and two of six actually belong to the previous chapter. And so I think it's a poor chapter break. I yeah. do really believe without a doubt that this is a very, very important book. Mm -hmm. Uh, point of a chapter of the Bible. So I'll give Dr. Barnett a thumbs up for sure on uh, this chapter. We have concurrence. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. is definitely an important uh, an important chapter. Um, one of the great ones. It deserves being read over a couple of times and uh, look into uh, into commentary and study Bibles to help flush out uh, meanings and uh, um, and find out, uh, you know, everything that's going on that you can in this in this particular chapter, because it is it is full of complexity. It is. Yes. I wrote down a closing statement and had okay. it on the backside of a page. Didn't realize it. Ah. With verse twenty, I said Paul realizes that non-believers may be listening to the readings of this letter. So he includes a call to them and makes it known that there's still hope for all and that hope extends down through time to us. So dear listeners, come close to God now through faith in Jesus as God's son and you too will be reconciled to God. Indeed. That's actually a pretty good conclusion. That is a pretty good inclusion. We should include that. Oh, we did. <laughs> so uh um so yeah so we come again to uh to the uh, near to the end of another episode of uh ywl online anything can happen saturday and as we usually do we're going to call on you to join us in the family of christianity um now uh this is just the part where you're becoming a christian not uh the part where you're being a christian that's uh that's an entirely different matter but uh, um, but to become a Christian, you just must say, uh, speak with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart. And uh, um, if I may paraphrase uh, Paul a little bit, but uh, um, so we invite you to say the sinner's prayer with us because we don't use sacrifice to become Christian. That's uh, already been taken care of. And we don't uh, use um, magical spells or mystical ceremonies. And the sinner's prayer by no means is saving you. It is Jesus that has saved you and uh, his sacrifice on the cross and resurrection from death. 
Um, and uh, we know that all have sinned and continually fall short of the glory of God. So whether you've been a believer for a second or a century, we invite you to realign your heart with, uh, with God uh, through the use of the sinner's prayer. And we will say it together uh, now. Um, and, uh, you know, of course, you can say it a little bit differently as fits your particular situation. But remember that we base this on biblical principles. It's not actually in the Bible, so we're not quoting anybody. Um, other than that, uh, yeah, I know. I got to now that I'm reworking it. I got to rework the speech so that it flows a little better. But uh, uh, yeah. I'll get to that. <laughs> it's okay. So uh, join us now as we say the sinner's prayer together. Dear Lord. Dear Lord. I am a sinner. I am a sinner. Cleanse me of my wickedness. Cleanse me of my wickedness. Teach me to love you with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. Teach me to love you with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. And show me how to love my neighbor as myself. And show me how to love my neighbor as myself. Help me to do the work you would have me do for the building of your kingdom. Help me to do the work you would have me do for the building of your kingdom and guide my steps on the path you would have me take continue guiding my steps on the path you would have me take come into my heart and be the lord and savior of my life come into my heart and be my lord and savior always and all these things we pray in jesus holy name amen all these things and more we pray in your holy name amen and there you have it the, the uh, narrow gate is yours to step through and the narrow path to follow. To continue, continue, continue. walking on the narrow path. Continue yes. walking on that narrow path. And, uh, um, and when you do, you'll be surprised how wide that narrow path really is. <laughs> yes. It's not like a 500-pound person walking down a gangplank. Right. It's not. But uh, it's um, not but, that. But it's also not uh, not so wide as to include other religions and uh, groups like uh, like Word Faith or uh, or the Mormons, and that uh, that's not not that wide. <laughs> but it's wide it's enough to walk comfortably point. down. It is. Yes, you don't have to give up video games. <laughs> Although you may find things you want to do more than than play video games. Yeah. So, uh, um, but, uh, um, but yeah, so, uh, so since, uh, since today is Saturday, that means, uh, you're going to have a pretty easy time of finding what the next step is because it's church time tomorrow morning and, yeah. uh, most churches are going to be open and, uh, you'll be able to easily find a Bible believing church with Bible believing, uh, people and a Bible preaching pastor. And so you can get there and fellowship with your fellow believers and uh, find that you really do have a family, not just uh, some flickering images on the, uh, on the monitor right now. And then, uh, um, so, uh, so get thee to a church. Um, but, uh, um, and then uh, you can also throughout the week enjoy other programs that we have uh, for you. On Tuesday, we'll be... YWL Online's Totally Approachable Bible Study for All, where we will be continuing to uh, run through the uh, the Psalms, run our journey through the Psalms. And uh, um, 
And we are on Psalm 70? Yes. Yes. And that's November 1st, All Saints Day, right? Oh, yes, it is indeed, All Saints Day. And yeah, uh, so, um, so, yeah. Of accepting Jesus we are as Savior and Lord. So we can enjoy and celebrate All Saints Day. Yep. And uh, so we'll all celebrate together. Um, and then, uh, um, let's see, on Thursday will be another episode of Not Quite After Midnight, my interview show. And on Thursday, we will be having, uh, let's see, that's November 3rd, uh, we'll be having Erica Ann, a, uh, a singer-songwriter who uh, has her second single, just came out, and a uh, um, and an author by the name of Joanne or J.P. McLean. Um, she uh, specializes in thrillers, and uh, so uh, will uh, be interesting to see how that conversation goes. Our conversation this last week was really interesting. I've already got comments from a couple of people that uh, um, that they've enjoyed the entirety of the show, which is unusual. I don't often get comments from people, um, much like we don't get comments from people here, where it's really important. Um, you know, if, uh, if you have something to say, something to ask, uh, feel free to write in the comments or, uh, um, or send us a direct message. Um, sending us a direct message on Facebook is probably the most effective because uh, I'm still trying to figure out how to check the messages on the podcast. Um, but, uh, um, but we'll get to you. Um, trust that. Um, yeah, if you have some prayer requests or something else, then, uh, then definitely let us know there. Um, if you're trying to sell something, we don't have money to put into it, so uh, don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> got a the other day on the church's uh, on the church's Facebook, got somebody who wanted us to pay them for uh, uh, for uh, Instagram viewers. So, so I'm like, yeah, that's that's not going to happen. Um, but uh, uh, but anyway. Um, and then uh, a week from tonight will be another episode of YWL Online's Anything Can Happen Saturday, where we'll be continuing uh, through uh, uh, Dr. John Barnett's 52 Greatest Chapters of the Bible in another not exactly a chapter uh, edition. Because uh, <laughs> we'll be going into Galatians versus chapters 1 and 2, uh, justified by faith, not law. So uh, uh, definitely a good uh, a good one because uh, um, because we're not justified by the law, we can't be because we can't keep the law. It's just not a thing people can do. If you read mm -hmm. the Old Testament, you can certainly see how much they didn't keep the law, mm -hmm. and uh, so uh, so praise uh, praise the Lord. Uh, we have Jesus, so we don't have to uh, uh, be justified. Try to get justified by the law. But with that, I think uh, I think that's the end again of uh, of another episode. And uh, Rudy stepped out of the room, so I can't ask him what he uh, has to say to the night people. Although I'm sure he would say, "Waka waka waka with the Lord." <laughs> <laughs> so how about you? You got anything else to say to the night people? I will say God's continued blessings, and that's also from Poplar Bluff. <laughs> but God's blessings from Poplar Bluff. Yes, and God's blessings from Santa Ana, California. 
uh, be safe out there. Be sure to wash your hands. It's the uh, first uh, first and best way to keep from getting sick. And uh, um, and stay tuned for the closing credits. Okay. <laughs> Thank you all for tuning in. This has been a presentation of Bald Spot Productions. I'd like to thank my producer, my beloved mother, Eileen Hatch. I, of course, am your humble host, Bill Hatch the Third. I'd like to thank my beloved co-host, my father, Chaplain Bill Hatch, and my beloved Ed McMahon, Rudy Corlew. Yes! If you feel so led, head over to Patreon and support the show at Bald Spots Pro. Um, not hard to find. Uh, we'd certainly appreciate it. Don't miss Not Quite After Midnight on Thursdays. You can head over uh, to Not Quite After Midnight on Facebook to see the uh, um, to see the the event. Please remember to like, comment, share, subscribe, follow whatever it is you've got to do to keep uh, informed and help kick that algorithm into gear so we can uh, reach more people. Once again, thank you so much for being uh, being our guests and. Uh,